How to Tell Stories to Children is a bi-weekly podcast exploring the science and methodology of storytelling. I am Silke Rose West. And I am Joseph Saracy. We are the authors of How to Tell Stories to Children. Our goal is to foster diverse storytelling by helping individuals like you awaken to the storyteller within. Roots and the apple tree. It so happened that Randolph walked down the mountain and he thought to himself, What a beautiful time fall is! He liked fall when the leaves turned golden and the rose hips all red. Oh, what a precious time! All of a sudden, he heard something. Sounds like the fairies are dancing. I should go and see. Perhaps they have a gathering. And so Randolph went to find out where the music had come from. Sure enough, the fairies were dancing underneath an apple tree. But oh my, the apple tree was not looking very good. In fact, it looked like it was dead. No green leaves on it. No apples on it either. Oh, that is very strange. Why would the fairy stand under this tree? All of a sudden he heard the sound of a little fairy that called out, Randolph, Randolph, over here. I am the little apple fairy. This old tree, he had to die. Oh, what a shame. He was our favorite. His apples were the sweetest of all. Well, how come you are dancing underneath this dead old tree? Well, we decided to dance on one of the little sprouts that are coming out of the earth right next to him. And we're going to sing that little sprout into life so it will become a big strong tree one day, just like this old grandfather tree. Oh my, you help the trees to grow? Yes, indeed we do. We are very well aware of the apples on the trees. One apple will make enough cider for us fairies to last us through the whole winter. Oh my, that's not a lot of apples that you need. Yes, but it is a lot of work for us and also to put it away and store it. It needs to be brought into the cave where it's nice and cool. For us fairies, that is a lot of work, considering how much we have to do, taking care of all the plants. Luckily, I walked by this old apple tree, and I realized that it had not made it through the time of the drought. And so I decided to look and see if a little seedling sprouted. 
Once I found it, I called all the other fairies near. And here we are dancing. Well, that's very kind of you, said Randolph. I wish everybody would pay attention to the trees that died and see, perhaps there is a little sprout nearby. It happens so with all the trees. Oftentimes you'll see a sprouting tree come up next to a dead one. Oh yes, I wonder if that will happen to me, said Randolph. Is there going to be a little me sprouting right next to me? The fairies laughed. Oh, Randolph, you are always so funny. I think that there's always going to be a mountain gnome. But we fairies do not know how that happens, for you are not birthed in the same way that the human beings are. Where do you come from, Randolph? Do you know? No, all I know is that one day I appeared. That is rather strange, is it not? It is, but maybe someone dreamt me into being. How can someone dream you into being, Randolph? Well, the ancient ones, they knew how to do that. They would perhaps even take a mountain crystal, because whenever I go into the mountain, into the crystal cave, that's when I feel like I'm in the place where I once came from. (gasps) Perhaps your mother was the mountain queen, and your father was the mountain king. Oh, maybe... Maybe there were kings and queens. If so, I don't know. I've never met them. Hmm, perhaps you needed to be raised by all the forest beings so you could become the wise elder that would know how to care for all beings, especially those who did not know their mother and their father. That might be right, said Randolph. Because I do, I feel for the beings that don't have a mother or father. I especially feel for the little animals that I find whose mothers or fathers were lost in the big fires. And you help them, don't you, Randolph? I do, that's what I do. I watch out, just like you fairies do. How about your mother and your father, little fairy? Well, I don't know. I think we are born out of the flowers. You're born out of the flowers. How is that? I do not know. Maybe a bumblebee drops us there. Well, where would the bumblebee get you from? We don't know that either. But we just feel like we appear out of the nowhere, Randolph. Yeah, it's a strange thing how that happens to us gnomes and fairies you know maybe that's why some people say we're not even real because they don't see our mother and father they don't know how we are being birthed that's right Randolph oh well it's all right will you do us a favor and water this little seedling here and there when you walk by I will have you given him a name Yes, we call him little Apollina. Hmm, it's a girl. Well, it's just what we think. It could also be a boy. It actually doesn't matter. 
but we'll call it Apollina so we can find it again. Once we give the plants a name, we will always find our way back to them. Yeah, that's what I do too. I name things as well, that way I can find my way back. Well, hello little Apollina. And let's make sure we give thanks to that old grandfather tree right over here. Thank you for all that life and that your life is continuing on in this little tiny little sapling. What a gift, grandfather. All of a sudden, the wind blew and there was a creaky noise in the branches of the old dead apple tree. Oh, thank you. Ah, did you hear that? It sounded like the old apple tree said thank you to us. Well, but it's dead. Well, it's still standing here. And when the wind blew on it, it made a sound. It's funny how these things work. You just never know. Ah, oh, I must go on, said Randolph. Down to the village I have to go. I have an errand to run. We must go too. Make sure on the way back you stop by our little Apollina, the little apple tree sapling. I'll stop here, said Randolph. And down he went into the village. He had to make a delivery to the old grandmother at the edge of the forest. He brought her some honey from the bees. He knew that grandmother was not feeling so well and that the honey from the bees would perhaps bring a little bit relief to her throat. Grandmother had always been leaving offerings up in the mountain when she was a little girl. Randolph had watched her all his life, and he would watch out for her. After all, she was alone, and her children had long been gone. Once he delivered the honey, and he left it outside her door, right next to where grandmother put the key in order for her to find it. That's where he had to put it. And grandmother knew when the honey appeared that Randolph had been here. She would say, thank you, my little gnomes and mountain spirits for helping me. Watch out for me. I appreciate you oh so much. There were some children walking by the gate. And they said, Grandma is talking again to the mountain spirits. We can't see them. I wonder if she can. Oh, yes, she can, said the hunter who walked by. That grandmother, she has such a good connection to all the mountain beings that I bet you she can see them. Ah, off we go. We have to go play tag. And I have to go out and make sure that all my traps are being set. Randolph heard traps are being set. Mm, the hunter is out and about. Now I know he needs to hunt. But I hope he doesn't hunt for any of the mama animals. I'll better check those traps too. And Randolph walked back up on the mountain path. And there, sure enough, was one trap. And in that trap, there was... A mama fox. But Randolph was there just before the hunter came and he released mama fox out of the trap and quickly she ran away. Sorry, hunter, said Randolph, but I had to help mama fox because I knew she had three little ones waiting for her. And on he went up the mountain trail 
All of a sudden he saw the first golden leaf falling from an aspen. <gasps> it's a golden leaf. That's a beautiful sign, I think. Soon fall will be here. I'll better bring some water to the little sapling. So he kept walking up the mountain path. And he said, hello, little Apollina. And he also acknowledged the dead old apple tree. Hello, grandfather tree. I brought some water for little Apollina, so you can grow and one day be as strong as this grandfather tree. Randolph then pretended to be a fairy and danced around the little apple sapling. Then he looked around. And he thought to himself, it is strange. When I dance like the fairies and pretend to be them, like them, I can hear their music. The little apple tree had grown already almost half an inch. Oh, this tree is going to grow in no time, said Randolph. I'll come back in a week's time, he said to little Apollina. And he even gave her a kiss on one of her little green leaves. And on he went, up the mountain. He loved being a mountain gnome. He loved caring for all the beings of the forest. And most of you know, he had a neighbor, Squirrel Naughtyfoot, who was waiting for him and said, Randolph, Randolph, where have you been all this time? I was all alone. I had no one to play with and no one to talk with. Well, said Randolph, I had some business to do. But Randolph, why didn't you take me along? Well, it was the kind of day when I knew I had to go alone. I ran into the fairies. And what did they do? They sang a song to little Apollina. Who is Apollina? Oh, she is a little apple tree sapling. She's growing. She's going to be a most beautiful tree with most delicious apples, like her grandfather who stands right next to her. Are you talking about the dead old apple tree that I always climb in? That's right. Have you noticed the little sapling that's growing? No, I haven't. I was too busy jumping from one branch to another. It makes for a good climbing tree. That's right. I thought so. Next time you go down and climb on that tree, go look for little Apollina. You can call out her name and bring her some water and tell her hello for me. Oh, Randolph, you always watch out for everyone, don't you? Okay, I'll do that. Next time I go down, I'll say hello to the little apple tree. And if you dance around the little apple tree, you might hear the fairies sing. The fairies don't sing to me, Randolph. I don't think they like me. They probably think I'm too busy, too fast, too noisy. Oh, that's what you think. The fairies love you. And if you take good care of the little things they take care of, they will leave a sign for you. Well, we'll see. Naughtyfoot thought he would give it a try. 
and he went down the trail towards the old apple tree because he knew where the dead old apple tree stood. And then he called, Apollina! And sure enough, his gaze went towards that little apple tree sapling. And then he thought, I'll see if Randolph is right. And he started to dance around the little apple tree sapling. And you would not believe what he heard. <gasps> fairy music. I heard the fairies sing. Randolph, Randolph. Naughtyfoot scampered up the mountain to tell Randolph that he did hear the fairies sing. And he was so happy. And Randolph was so happy that his friend Naughtyfoot was by his side, for it is so much more fun being in the woods together. Even if you're a gnome, even if you're a squirrel. The end. Hi, everyone. We hope you enjoyed the story. This is season two of our podcast, and we're doing it a little differently. Here's how it works. A story comes first, so that listeners with little children can access them easily. In just a second, you'll have a chance to listen to part two, where Silka and I give a little background and perspective on the story. Our goal is to inspire you. We love telling stories, but we love it even more when you feel empowered to tell your own. You may find inspiration in the stories. You may find something of value in the discussion. Whatever strikes you, let that be your guide to opening your own voice, like a beautiful flower blossoming after a long drink in the summer sun. Hi, Silka. That was a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing it with us. I'm curious what your inspiration was. Mm. Thank you. The story with Randolph and the apple tree was inspired by the season and feeling into uh, fall arriving and with it also facing this dying of the plants and rebirth and so in this story a really death and rebirth were really um, the big messages in here and this feeling of um, humanity sometimes standing at this place of like we, we look at death but we don't necessarily look at the new life that is sprouting right there uh, oftentimes our eyes don't gaze at that because this magnificent big old tree that's standing there that's like it, it catches our attention and yet this new life that's sprouting um, it called the fairies because these little beings that I picture that pay attention to this detail and are fostering this new life because life wants to be celebrated it's the continuation and it's hope and it's joy yeah 
I felt that pretty strongly throughout. I'm curious if you have any ideas for parents or teachers who might want to tell a story, a false story, or maybe include some elements of acknowledging the death and loss, but uh, that creation of new life. How might somebody at home tell a story similar to this on their own? Or do you have any recommendations, ideas? I would say for everybody, it's a place to feel within your own being. What comes up when you think of death in life? When you hear the story of Randolph Roots, who is this little mountain gnome who you know, is basically a, the representative of the Earth Mother herself. He is this little nature messenger and he sees. What comes up for you? Do you yourself, could you picture a little nature being? Could you make up your own gnome, your own fairy? Or would you prefer to have an animal stumble upon something? What plants do you resonate with? I myself resonate very strongly with the apple tree because my grandfather actually is that connecting point for me. When I was a little girl, I always went with grandfather to harvest the apples. And so I could see myself actually be this little appleina and mm. this grandfather tree was actually my grandfather. And so I know that in me, uh, harvesting apples and paying attention to the apples, I feel like he lives on through me. Now, for parents or teachers, you'd have to tune in a little bit to what plant actually speaks to you if you think of, uh, say, death and life. Perhaps you're really connected to tulips and you want to... Uh, bury a bulb in the ground in the fall and then wait for the spring when the bulb grows. Perhaps you are living in an area where fire has um, really swallowed up all of the forest and you feel the desperation of the lack of the old, old pine trees, perhaps the old sequoias, and you're so sad. And so perhaps you need to go to that place. And perhaps you need that story even for yourself to let this little sequoia seed that's now starting to grow next to the old one that has died. And it's growing. And you want it to grow so much faster. So you call on the fairies. Or you think of what would, what do I what could I picture that would help this little tree sapling to grow faster? And um, I think it's really important to tune in. What is a life for you? What, what speaks to you? Yeah, it seems also appropriate if you have a garden or even just a few plants or things in your yard at this time of year. Um, something that I think can be so powerful for kids and ourselves is to just take that little tour you know, go visit the apple tree if you have one in the yard or go visit the squash plants or the flowers that are, you know, beginning to droop or whatever. Sometimes when we have these 
real experiences we see and we explore these plants, these plant beings with our children, and then we bring it into that story realm, it has uh, a special presence because they can relate to the very real thing that they could touch, feel, see, even smell. Yeah, and I think even of Halloween, when you take your pumpkin and you could tell a story of the, the pumpkin has all the seed babies inside. But these seed babies, they are not ready to go out. They want to find a nice warm place or a cool place, but in the house, you know. How could you store your seeds now for the spring? These are the seed babies. So again, there is something that, you know, that pumpkin gifts of himself. He'll be turned into a jack-o'-lantern or he'll be turned into a pumpkin pie. But he is hoping that, well, at least some of his little pumpkin seed children, they will live on and who knows what they're going to become. And so there is this continuation of life and looking into the future and visit, um, yeah, there's the celebration. There's a, there's a celebration in it. Yeah, there's this threshold, this equinox, which we're approaching, this balance place, holding both the loss of and the death with the new life. And such a simple and sweet story, simple way to bring that into our young children's lives. So... Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And there is another piece and why I brought Randolph also down into the village to the old grandmother and he encounters the hunter and he encounters uh, later goes back home and encounters Squirrel Naughty Foot. So these are like they're his community, you could say. So there's something that happens where we focus in on this death and dying, but we're also expanding out into uh, creating a picture of belonging. I belong to a community. There's my neighbor who is waiting at home. There's my family. There is this old grandmother I'm taking care of. And Community is very important, especially when we think of these threshold experiences, because it makes us feel like we're not alone mm. going through that. Mm -hmm. You know, and even like Naughty Foot, the squirrel, he's like, I know that old tree. And so there is a connection again, because when we live in community, we are, you know, yeah, we are connected and we these these are shared experiences right even even for randolph who doesn't who doesn't know his mother and father but still has that meaningful community yeah and the different ages and the different relationships and even the hunter appreciated that element too yeah i, th I thought you treated that well of, of acknowledging that that's real and it's an important part of what life is whether it's a human hunter or an animal hunter or whomever mm -hmm. and yet Randolph cares for the hunter, but also cares for the, the mother fox, especially. Yeah, and the interconnectedness of nature, our needs as human beings. The fairies and the gnomes are for me these invisible beings that I, I create these inner pictures. And I also knit 
gnomes. I knitted actually Randall fruits because sometimes I like to uh, have him visible or even when I travel, I take him along. There is something in having a little gnome that even helps me sometimes as an adult with saying I'm, I'm able to go all alone out into the woods. I have my little Randolph in my pocket. And sometimes, one time actually I traveled to the Netherlands to visit my older daughter and we went into the forest and I'm like, look, this is a place where Randolph would want to go. And it was a little cave in a tree at the bottom of a tree. And she's like, I've never seen that place. And I'm like, yeah, because you have not looked through the eyes of the gnome. If you look through the eyes of the gnome, you will find those places. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it could be also looking through the eyes of a child. Because as adults, we are standing tall and we walk and we have oftentimes the distance in mind, how far can we walk? And if you go down on that really low level of the child, and now you all of a sudden perceive the world through these eyes of the little ones, mm. you will actually see something. The, the world will just look a little bit different to you. Mm. It's a good practice. Yeah, well, thanks for sharing that story and just a little perspective on it. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to How to Tell Stories to Children, a bi-weekly podcast from the authors of How to Tell Stories to Children, now in 19 languages. Our goal is to help parents, teachers, and grandparents connect heart-to-heart with kids. You can find this podcast as well as upcoming webinars, events, our blog, stories, and more at howtotellstoriestochildren.com and on our Facebook page. You will also find the entirety of Season 1, which gives more background and perspective on a variety of storytelling topics. You can also submit questions and ideas. We like to hear from you. If you value this podcast, we invite you to consider making a contribution to keep it alive. The proliferation of free podcasts, articles, and resources on the web makes it easy to forget that real people are behind the work. It means a lot to us when you take the time to rate and review our book, this podcast, or share it with a friend. And if you're able, your financial gifts at patreon.com slash how to tell stories to children make it possible for us to continue calling out the storytelling voice in other parents, teachers, and grandparents. Together, we can spread the intimacy and joy of storytelling one family at a time.